I am so excited. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God and greatly he is to be praised. In the city of our God and in the mountain of his holiness, he is beautiful for situations. So wherever you are right now, let us lift our hearts together, our mind. Let us give praise to our God in this moment. Let us worship. God is good and all the time. Hey, no matter where you're at, can you stand? Can you put your hands together? Can you give him a shout of praise? We're going to worship the Lord today. We're going to shout his goodness. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you
mercy endureth forever. Don't just sing it, pray it. Yes. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Yeah, we speak that over our families. We speak that over our kids. We speak it over our city. We speak it over the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. so much for joining us today whether you're a new or old member we're so happy to have you connected with us today pastor ken is wrapping up his series on master class and guiding us through our purpose of living our best lives so i hope you've been staying locked in and connected we have some very fun events coming up here at cathedral that we want you to mark on your calendars on November 6th, we're having our 33rd annual car show here at Cathedral. It's gonna be a blast. We'll have food, music, raffles, and so much more. So come on and join us. Also, it's going to be a toy drive that will be donating toys for our giveaway in December. So if you're able, please bring a toy for the toy drive. Our anniversary is coming up here at Cathedral on November 7th. We're celebrating 56 years of blessing our community and living the love out. So be sure to come on that weekend. It's gonna be a great time to celebrate the 56 years here at Cathedral. For the latest and greatest here at Cathedral, please be sure to check our church website and all our other social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and even our YouTube channel. Cathedral, you have been blessed to be a blessing. So be sure to go out there and spread God's love and have a great week. Well, Megan. Well, welcome to International Weekend. Bonjour, guten tag, buongiorno, ciao, prego, swadikrap, soksabai. 
Magandang umaga. It's so great to have you here. Hola, donde todos son bienvenidos, donde el amor se vive, donde nadie es perfecto, donde todo es posible. Amen. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. We are so grateful that we represent the nations. You know, last count, we had people at our church family from 56 countries. Born in 56 different countries. That's pretty amazing. We're already reflecting heaven. And we're so glad that you've joined us this weekend as we anticipate what God's going to do among us. Well, we have partners and friends and relationships all over the world because that's God's heart is the nation's. Take a look here. Our pastors from Cathedral of Faith Philippines, Pastor Myra and Pastor John Jalik, are going to come bring a few words. And then Anne-Marie from Mozambique is going to greet us as well. Take a look. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Myra Jalik from Cathedral of Faith Philippines. And we thank God always in remembrance of you because of our partnership in the gospel of Jesus Christ here in the Philippines. And we want to thank you for all your prayers and support throughout the years. And we just want to take the time to just greet you a happy International Sunday. Hi, this is Anne-Marie from Mozambique, Life Church Mozambique. And I just want to say the Cathedral of Faith, we've been praying for you through this whole period of COVID. We've been trusting God to keep you safe. And we want to say thank you for supporting us and walking with us through all these years and this season. And uh, we just want to really uh, encourage you. We're looking forward to uh, receiving a mission team, people to come and uh, join with us in Mozambique and uh, serving mission, the heart of God. We're really trusting Cathedral. You've come many times and we're trusting for the future and mission together in Mozambique. So God bless you and thank you. Um, we appreciate you. From the very beginning, God's plan has always been to bless all nations. And we are so grateful that we get to be part of that. Cathedral of Faith is believing in faith for God's glory to cover the whole earth. We are Cathedral of Faith. Now, there's a passage of scripture in James chapter 2 that says this. Suppose a person claims to have faith, but doesn't act on their faith. If faith doesn't cause us to do something, it's dead. Faith without works is dead. And in this moment, we get to demonstrate our faith as we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. As we recognize God has supplied for us and our faith is put into action by these works. And you can go online to our church app. You can go to our website. You can text the number on the screen. Or you can write out a check, drop it by the church office, or mail it in. We look forward to seeing your faith be put into action. Well, this week, I just want to speak a blessing of faith over you. Lord, thank you. You know where each of us are in our journey. You know the faith we need. Increase our faith. Strengthen our faith. And put our faith into action. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Well, prepare your heart. Pastor Ken's coming to close out the Masterclass series as we celebrate this international weekend. May the Lord speak especially to your heart. Hello, Cathedral family and friends. It's International Weekend, so a top of the morning to you. (laughs) So glad that you've joined us today. We've been in this series called the Masterclass on Purpose, you know, recovering our purpose in life. And to wrap things up, we look to 2 Timothy chapter 4 and discover another essential purpose that we have. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, we read, But I want you to keep your head no matter what happens. Don't give up when times are hard. Can somebody say amen to that? And then watch this. Work to spread the good news. Another translation says, Do the work of an evangelist. Another translation says, Keep the message alive. And that is a part of my purpose, to keep the message alive and help others to find their way so they can step across the line and become a follower of Jesus Christ. I heard about one little girl who was in Sunday school and the lesson that day had to do with evangelism. And at the end of the lesson, the teacher asked, well, the teacher said, she said, Andrew brought Simon to Jesus and Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus. Who have you brought to Jesus? And the little girl raised her hand and said, I brought myself to Jesus. And that, of course, is the starting point. You bring yourself to Jesus. No one can do that for you. Your mom can't do that for you. The pastor can't do it for you. I wish I could. But only you can make a decision to step across the line and become a follower of Jesus. Now over on this side of the line, there are a lot of spaces that you can be. You can be a hater of Jesus You could be in the dark about Jesus. You could be indifferent toward Jesus. You could be interested in Jesus. Or you could be an admirer of Jesus. But at some point, when you say yes to Jesus, and you step across the line, and you begin a journey as a follower of Jesus. See, this is where you experience the good news. On this side of the line, there's forgiveness for your past. And on this side of the line, there's power for your present. And on this side of the line, there is hope for your future. Jesus said, I have come that you might have real and eternal life, more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Eternal life 
is on this side of the line. And then when I step across, part of my mission is to help others find their way. Someone helped me to find my way. Now I help others to find their way. And I was thinking, wow. That the Holy Spirit would use me to be a powerful, positive influence and the eternal destiny of somebody else? Talk about a purpose worth living for. Rick Warren said this. He said, if just one person will be in heaven because of you, your life, your life will have made an eternal difference. Helping people move toward that line. Think of yourself as a link in the chain. Anytime we see someone go from one side to the other, there are a lot of links along the way. Whenever on a weekend, I invite people to become followers of Jesus and they raise their hand. I know that there have been a lot of links that have led up to this moment. There's the person who has been praying for them to receive Jesus. There's the person who's been showing the love of Jesus to them. There's the person who told them about Jesus. There's a person who invited them to church. And then, of course, the most important is the Holy Spirit has been working in it all and through it all and above it all. There are many links that bring a person to that decision. And wherever you're at in the process, you have an important part to play. You know, at Matthew 28, we read the words of Jesus. They're famous words. It's the Great Commission. It says, Jesus told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all nations, making disciples. Why, well, in International Week in a Cathedral of Faith, we're reminded that the nations, in a sense, have come to us. We have over 60 different nations represented, people who were born in another country and are now worshiping together. It's a little slice of heaven every week, it really is. And yet, here at the church, we continue. To go to the nations. I received a report recently over uh, about what's happening over in Mozambique and our work that we team up with over there. There's a young lady by the name of Camille. She's eight years old and she's a part of our school. And when she was just two, she lost her dad. And that put her entire family in a very vulnerable spot. So much so that her older sister got involved with trafficking. Their family was in a very, very tough place. But when she started coming to the school, she heard about Jesus. And she gave her life to Jesus. And then... Her siblings gave their lives to Jesus. The entire household came to Jesus. And Jesus began 
to work in that household. He restored them and he brought them together. And they are a part of our local church in that region. And with a helping hand, the mom has become an entrepreneur and has started several little startups. Jesus has turned that whole family around. And because of your support, you're a link in that chain. You're a part of it. Cathedral of Faith. We read in Acts chapter 1. Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Jesus empowers us to be his witnesses. And this is a part of our mission. Keeping the message alive. Well, how can I do that this week? Well, let's hear from our evangelism linebacker. Here at the National Institute for Student Ministries, we've discovered a new method of evangelism that is shaking the very foundation of our thinking. It may appear unorthodox, but frankly, we're shocked with the results. Why did I want to be the evangelism linebacker? Well, let me put it to you like this. You see, as a fish was created to swim in water, as a bird was created to fly, I was created to knock people out who don't evangelize. The evangelism linebacker deals directly with a variety of students' fears associated with sharing their faith. All right, it's all you. This house has got your name on it. I'm not ready yet. What makes you think I'm ready, though? God loves you! Get off the flow and go door to door! Yeah, but just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean I need to be out sharing my faith. I mean, ah! don't you run from me! Hey, I can't go to the outreach today. I got, I just got some more important things I got to do. Uh huh. I gotta go. Selfishness. The world needs a message. For God to love the world, He wants to communicate it through you. <laughs> well, I'm not the evangelism linebacker, but I do have some things that can help us get started. And the first one is to target your prayer because everything, absolutely everything, starts with prayer. There's a spiritual struggle going on for the hearts and minds of unbelievers. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we read, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There's a spiritual enemy at work to keep them in the dark, to blind them to the reality of God or to the goodness of God or to the truth about God or to the love of God. And when you and I begin to pray for the unchurched, you know, I'm not sure how all of this works, but I do know that God works through our prayer and prayer has a way of defeating the enemy. So that brings us really to our seven-day challenge for the week. I invite you to join with me that once a day, every day, for the next seven days, you'll walk around your neighborhood. You may think, Ken, I already got a head start to this. I walk around my neighborhood every day. Here's a video of me walking in my neighborhood. A way to go. You look awesome. Keep it up. You're already started. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to 
add something to it. And this week, every time you take a step, let it be a step of faith for that neighbor. Pray for that neighbor. Speak a word of blessing over that neighbor. Ask God for the salvation of that neighbor's household. And as you do, oh, time out. You don't know my neighbors very well. My neighbors, they are the neighbors from hell. You can see a picture of them looking at me. They're scary. Well, have you ever noticed that Jesus said, love your neighbor? And he said, love your enemy? Because maybe they're often one and the same. Even if your neighbor is a horrific character, they're never beyond the reach of the grace of God. There's an old rock and roller, Alice Cooper. He was pretty far out there. But he has stepped across the line to become a follower of Jesus. And now he's, well, he's reaching out to his circle. And here's what he says. He says, I have talked to some big stars about this, some really horrific characters, and you'd be surprised. The ones that you would think are the farthest gone are the ones that are more apt to listen. Begin to reach out through prayer to those around you. And you start to pick up the heart of God. In 2 Peter chapter 3, Listen to God's heart for your neighbors. It says the fact is that he's very patient towards you. He has no wish that any man should be destroyed. He wishes that all men should come to repent. That is the heart of God. And as I begin to pray for the lost, what I find in my own life is that an Side effect is that is God gives me a piece of his heart. And I begin to be aware of the lost. And the passion that I have for the lost increases. And the love that I have for the lost goes deeper. As I'm praying for the lost, God gives me a piece of his heart. That I can begin to view the lost. And feel about the lost the way he does. The kind of God who leaves the 99. And goes searching for that lost sheep. The God who turns the house upside down. Looking for that one lost coin. The God who is a father. Running out to meet. The lost son. Who has returned. I'm praying for the lost. God gives me a piece of his heart and enlarges my heart for the lost. So target your prayer and then build a bridge. Build a bridge. I heard about a lady who, well, she was thinking about evangelism. That's what the pastor spoke on. And so she decided she needed to do something about it. And she invited some of their neighbors over for dinner. Well, as they're getting ready to eat, she asked her little boy to say grace. And the little boy was 
not sure what he should say. And the mom said, well, son, just say what dad said today at breakfast. And so the little boy said, dear Lord, why did we invite those awful people to dinner tonight? <laughs> oh boy, out of the mouths of babes. Awful people, dining with them. This is something that religious leaders couldn't get their arms around when it came to Jesus. Because he would have dinner. Dinner with crooked businessmen. Dinner with shady ladies. He would go to these dinners with sinners. And they called him. They called Jesus a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. Now, when the religious leaders said this, they meant it as a criticism. Because in their minds, the best way to relate to sinners was to keep your distance from them. That's how a holy man remains holy. Sinners over there and I'm over here. And yet Jesus shows up and he shows us another way. He shows us that we can be in the world, but not of the world. He shows us we can be insulated without being isolated. He has come to reach sinners. He has come to die for sinners. So of course, he's a friend of sinners. He meets them where they're at. He builds a bridge. What does a bridge do? A bridge meets people where they're at. So they can get to where they need to be. So this is a good place to pause and think. How can I build a bridge to sinners? It may be inviting them to a dinner party. Or inviting them to go on a bike ride. Or inviting them to catch a game with you. Or inviting them to hit the movies with you. Or inviting them to join the book club with you. Or inviting them to church, either on site or online. Before the pandemic, 25% of unchurched people say they would, they would check out a church if a friend invited them. See, when you're a friend to sinners, you're really a bridge to sinners, meeting them where they're at so they can get to where they need to be. So target your prayer, build a bridge, and then live the life. Just live an authentic life with God around them. Have you ever experienced something like this? You go to the game. And when you find your seat, you're sitting in your seat and you're watching the game. Oh, man. And the guy next to you is eating nachos. Mm. And... As you look at those nachos, they look pretty good. And you can smell them. They smell pretty good. And you can tell from the sounds this guy's making that they, they must be pretty good. Wow. Now, I wasn't that hungry just a moment ago. But watching him eat before long, I'm asking him, where can I get some of those nachos for myself? And the same kind of thing happens. The same kind of thing. As I'm living an authentic life as a follower of Jesus, I'm not trying to show off. I'm just living 
an authentic life with God. And when others see the joy that I have, or the strength that I have, or the humility that I have, or the hope that I have, or the peace that I have, a peace even in the midst of the pandemic, a peace that is beyond all human understanding. They see it, and they sense it. It puts them in touch with that spiritual hunger. See, every person you meet, they're not just a physical being. They're a spiritual being. And just as spiritual, physical beings have physical hunger, spiritual beings have spiritual hunger. And St. Augustine said, Oh God, my heart longs for you and it will find no rest until it finds rest. And you only God can satisfy that spiritual hunger. And when you're living that authentic life with God around them, they begin to see it and sense it. It puts them in touch with that spiritual hunger. And they want some of what you're having. Well, this is a real way that we can help people to connect with God just by living an authentic life before them. In the Bible, it says in 2 Corinthians 5, God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. He uses us to persuade men and women to become friends with God. One way that he does that is as we live the life before them. Our director, Jim Gallagher, he was telling me just recently about a, one of his neighbors. And this guy was mean. I mean, he was mean as the devil. No matter how nice Jim was to him, the guy just returned all that kindness with meanness. And when the pandemic first hit, Jim, one morning, was cleaning off his windshield, getting ready to come into work. And the neighbor came over and just started to berate Jim, telling him he was supposed to shelter in place. And Jim explained that our church was part of providing a, an essential service to our community. How in the pandemic, we were serving those to make sure that, well, the hunger needs of our community were met. And all of a sudden, the guy's tone began to change. And he said to Jim, is there any rice that's available? And so when Jim came home that day, he brought with him three bags of rice. And when he gave that man those three bags of rice, it's amazing how God used three bags of rice to melt this guy's heart. And he asked Jim, he said, I've always been so mean to you, and yet you're nice to me. Why is that? And Jim said, well, if it was just up to me, I'd throw those bags of rice at you. But it's not just up to me. Jesus lives in my heart. And because of Jesus do you know that man has become a good buddy of Jim? He even borrows Jim's tools. That's the kind of thing that can happen. 
when you're living an authentic life, and that brings us to this last idea, that is telling your story, that you have a story to tell. A moment ago, we read that how we are witnesses. We're given power to be witnesses. Well, you and I, we've watched enough crime dramas on TV. We know what a witness is. In a courtroom, you've got the jury, you've got the judge, you've got the attorney, and of course you have the witness. And the witness, when he steps on the stand, he tells people, this is what I saw, this is what I heard, this is what I experienced, and what does the attorney do? He uses the testimony of the witness to try to persuade the judge or the jury. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit uses your witness. This is what I've heard. This is what I've seen. This is what's happened to me to persuade and convince others. We see this happen in the Bible. There was a man who was born blind. Now, Jesus shows up one day and he heals this man who's, who's been blind from birth. Can you imagine what it would be like to see for the very first time? So of course, of course, he's going to tell others about what just happened to him. He once was blind, but now he can see. Again, there were enemies of Jesus. They didn't like Jesus. They wanted to discredit Jesus. And so they found this man and they tried to, well, they tried to shut him up. They peppered him with questions. They peppered him with objections. And eventually the man said, look, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. I don't know about this and I don't know about that. But he went on to say, Here's what I do know. Whether Jesus is a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I once was blind, but now I can see. He tells his story. And friend, you have a story to tell. No one can tell your story like you can. And even when you don't have all the answers, living in the Silicon Valley, there are people who have questions, honest questions, and you may not have all the answers. That's okay. Invite them to join you on the journey. And both of you together can seek out those answers. But you don't have to have all those answers to be a witness. Tell your story. How could you share your story in a way? This week, pray for windows. Write out your story and then pray for windows to be able to share your story with others and watch how the Holy Spirit can use your story to convince others. In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says this, you are the ones chosen by God. God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he has made for you. That is a purpose worth living for. That somehow God would use me. God would use me. Are you kidding? That somehow God would use me to be a positive influence on the eternal destiny of another human being. That's what you call a high purpose.
as we wrap up this masterclass on purpose, I saw something recently. It was a recording of the late Chadwick Boseman. Now, you may know Chaz, uh, Chadwick from playing the Black Panther in the Marvel movies. The Black Panther is my brother's favorite character, my favorite superhero, my brother's favorite superhero. And he was a great actor. You may not know that he was also a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Made a great impact in his life. And he once was speaking at a commencement and he talked about the importance of purpose. He got it. And I want you to get it too. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. When you had this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. And that speech is what I call a masterclass on purpose. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, you've never stepped across the line, you can do that right now. I invite you to say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I receive you as my savior. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I put you in charge of my life. I surrender my life to you. I am becoming a follower of Jesus. Thank you for loving me like you do, making me a part of your family, and having a purpose for my life. Well, right now, our team is coming to share with you a, a great song about the power of Jesus Christ. Overcome, we will not be shaken, we will not 
And if God 